mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Ah, good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Miami is celebrating as today Jorge Masvidal walks around with the bad mother bleeper belt. Winner by technical knockout by Dr. Stoppage after three rounds of absolute damage and pain inflicted on Nate Diaz. Excellent performance by Gamebred yesterday as he pieced up Nate Diaz. And yeah, it doesn't end in the way everybody wants. The fact that a doctor determines the cut was too bad and he didn't want Nate Diaz to continue. And oh, have we seen cuts worse? Have we seen things that have been more damaging? I get all that. It is, it is, uh, it does have an unsatisfactory taste because you never want it to be ended by an official other than a, a referee pulling off somebody from, uh, from another fighter. But I'm not going to let that overshadow what we saw from Jorge Masvidal and what has just been an incredible rise this year, an incredible performance this year. I'm not going to get into the into the talks of mystical gas tanks and George's facial expressions at the end of the third round and Nate Diaz always gets better in the fourth and fifth rounds. That's his home. Look, guys, just because you see him do it once against Conor McGregor uh, in the fourth and fifth round and Conor McGregor is a known wilter and has one of the worst gas tanks in the sport doesn't mean that you're going to see that same result with Jorge Masvidal on top of the fact that Jorge Masvidal, if you want to compare it to a Conor McGregor fight, was beating Nate Diaz worse than Conor McGregor ever did. So what we saw yesterday was an absolute, absolute great performance by Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, it sucks that it ends that way, but the guy's year has been unbelievable. That performance last night was unbelievable. He busted him open, and people say, oh, you sneeze on me. Oh, I'm going to get cut open. He blistered you with a, with a, with a gnarly elbow gassed you open something ugly, head kicked you in the same round. Is Nate Diaz an absolute zombie? Of course he's an absolute zombie. This doesn't take away from the fact that he is a bad mother bleeper. Not the baddest. That's not Jorge Masvidal. Doesn't take away from that. He absolutely is. And as, as was pointed out yesterday, you got to kill him to stop him. Um, I said that that this was going to be the, the time where Jorge Masvidal was going to stop Nate Diaz. I thought that was going to happen. And by the way, as that fight was going on, I thought that was going to happen. But... That performance by Jorge Masvidal was masterful. He was better on the feet. He was quicker. He was more accurate. He was more devastating. Uh, the body kicks were absolutely, absolutely, absolutely devastating to Nate Diaz in that gas tank. And the other funny thing about this whole thing is you want to talk about the controversy of it all and you want to talk about, oh, Nate Diaz, is, uh, he's, got, he's got untapped gas. He's got, he's got unbelievable cardio. Can't be stopped. The guy actively told you in the post fight in the post fight press conference. Yeah, my gas tank wasn't where it was. I I, I I couldn't press like I normally did. I probably turned around too quickly. Okay. Well, doesn't that kind of settle it at that point? If the guy is actively telling you, I don't have the gas tank that I normally did for this fight because I had injuries or I had to taper my training. All right. That then 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 this whole discussion's kind of settled. I'm not trying to tell you don't be disappointed with the way that fight ended. Of course, we were all disappointed. Nobody wants to see that. George Masvidal doesn't want to see that. Nate Diaz doesn't want to see that. The UFC doesn't want to see that. 
But let's also not act like that was some little cut or that wasn't a devastating injury that was put above Nate Diaz's eye. He looked like a damn Freddy Krueger film afterwards when they put out the Instagram videos sewn on up, making sure his eyeball doesn't fall out. So, yeah, man, that was a great performance by Jorge Masvidal. I'm not going to let that get overshadowed by the, uh, the, 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 the Nate Diaz fans, the whole Diaz cult and all that stuff. Because you want to know something? In all honesty, it ends up being better for Nate Diaz that that fight ended like that than if that would have gotten another two rounds. Because Jorge Masvidal was up very clearly 30-27 on two scorecards, was up 30-26. So let's just say the fight goes two more rounds. Okay, so if we're going to go on the credentials of these two guys, because you say Nate Diaz never gets tired, he's going to go and have these great fourth and fifth rounds. Okay, well then let's go off the credentials of Jorge Masvidal. Then you're saying in those fourth and fifth rounds, Jorge Masvidal is not going to get stopped because he doesn't get stopped. Hasn't been stopped in his UFC career. So in in the best case scenario, let's say Nate Diaz gets a 10-8 round and a 10-9 round in those last two rounds. He still doesn't win the fight. He still doesn't win the fight. So what are we talking about here, man? What, 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 we're going we're gonna to sit here and pepper in the what-ifs and the maybes and the could-bes and the should-bes and... It's all really just for not. It's very it's it's unsatisfying a fight ends like that and a doctor stops a fight because of the caliber of the cut or you've seen worse cuts. People are talking about oh well the Tyson Fury cut was way worse. It's like hey guys, different different sport, different commission, different sport, different commission. We're not gonna we're not gonna cross blend here because of things you've seen recently. And, and by the way, that Tyson Fury fight very arguable. It should have been stopped. Very 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 arguable that if it wasn't Tyson Fury. The, the cash cow for ESPN, it probably would have been stopped. We, you've seen it a plenty. Um, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to have this idea that, well, Nate Diaz, he's always best in the fourth and fifth rounds, okay, well, do it on both ends. Do it for Hori Masvidal, too. Do it with what his credentials are. Do it with what he was doing in that fight, which was dominating. Dominating the fight. This was not a back and forth like, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor, which is where most most of you are getting that fourth and fifth nonsense from. This was an ass-whooping on every level, on the feet, on the ground, everywhere. Just because a guy goes out there, gives you two Stockton slaps, that's not winning a round, guys. But this is the Diaz brothers. This is the Diaz fan base. They love living in conspiracy land. Everybody's out to get them. And that's why I say it ends up being better for them because they get to live in the what-ifs. The what-ifs. Someone's always out to get me. Someone's always out to screw me. That's where they love living. That's the facts. That's where they love living. That's where they 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 go most of their career is being in this situation where we can always say, ah, they were out to get me. Or ah, they were out to they were out to screw me. The man's out to screw me. Fine. Be that way. Be 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 in that be in that ballpark of, you know, thinking someone's out to get you. The doctor was on the take. And now be like, oh, the UFC, they're not gonna run it back. You know, it, it's just one of those things where it's unfortunate mostly for Hori Mosfidal than it is for Nate Diaz. Because Hori Mosfidal was the one dominating that fight. He was the one who is finishing off what was an incredible 2019, an incredible resurrection as he has put this part of his career as. 
And now people get to go into the vicinity of, oh, you were wilting, bro. You were wilting in the third round. He was? I'm pretty sure I saw that third round. I'm pretty sure I saw Jorge Masvidal on top of Nate Diaz still peppering him. Still. And we're going to talk about, oh, he was wilting. Oh, man, come on. Was he in a chokehold? Was he was he dying up against the cage? Let's be real about it. Nate Diaz wants to talk about, oh, I had him up against the cage, and you know I was hitting him with that schoolyard stuff. It's like, all right, man, but this ain't the schoolyard. This isn't the schoolyard. And and the facts are, this guy was this guy was digging leg kicks right into your body. He his he turned your he turned your damn face into a Freddy Cougar film, and he won that fight. He won that fight. It's upsetting that you didn't get the ending that you want. As fa- as a fan, I was upset that the doctor stopped it initially too, but I'm not going to ignore what I saw for the first three rounds. I can't do that. I can't live in the small, slimmest of margins of what if and maybe could have been. That's just not how I'm going to be wired on this. And yeah, I'm a Jorge Masvidal fan, and obviously I'm a Miami guy. I want Jorge Masvidal to win for this city. You guys know that we care very much about the the South Florida fighting community and what this means for that to have a guy be on the biggest card of the year, have the damn rock. The whole thing was draped in Miami. Have the rock wrap his wrap the belt around his waist. Hori Masvidal's throwing up the U on ESPN afterwards, shouting out the Canes for getting a win over over FSU. The whole thing the whole thing was was, was soaked in in Miami, in South Florida. So yeah, I'm very, very happy from a home team perspective. That guy got the win. But he also deserved the win. He deserved the win. This wasn't a this wasn't they split the first couple rounds. It was back and forth. This wasn't a this wasn't a, you know, could have gone either way. He cleaned the floor with Nate Diaz. He 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 mopped him up. Mopped him up. And a doctor decided, no mas. No mas. We can't we can't see it anymore. So I'm supposed to just forget everything Nate uh I'm supposed to forget. Everything Jorge Masvidal did in that performance because of the Diaz clan and the, the Diaz fans saying, well, pfft, well that's, that, that's where he, he gets his bread and butter. Nate Diaz has 32 professional fights, okay? 32. That was going to be his third entry into the fourth round. The other two, Ben Henderson for the title, got his ass kicked. And the other one, Conor McGregor. So we're going off all of this hocus-pocus potential for Nate Diaz because of a Conor McGregor fight. That happened four years ago. Come on, man. We, it, 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 that, that, that ain't the same fighter that he's fighting. He's not fighting Conor McGregor. He's not fighting Conor McGregor. I know Conor McGregor's had a lot of great accomplishments, two-division champion, but he is also a notorious, a notorious bad cardio fighter who gets worse as the fight goes on. Jorge Masvidal is not that guy. He's not. And so he deserves all the credit for that win yesterday. I hope they run it back. I want to see the fight again. Had a lot of fun with the fight promotion. I don't know if they are. Reading the tea leaves of yesterday and Dana White saying not really interested in it. Um, Doesn't really feel like that's something they're going to jump into next. Also feels like we're probably not going to see Jorge Masvidal until summer. Um, But... Hey, man, that was a great performance by Masvidal. A great performance. And and hats off to him. He really represented great. And is he's really now in line for anything the hell he wants. If, if Jorge Masvidal wants to fight 
Kamaru Usman or Colby Covington, whoever comes out of that with the with the uh, with the title on in, in 2020, whoever wins the championship next month, he deserves that because he's the third ranked welterweight. So by ranking standards, by star power standards, by merit standards, he deserves to fight for the welterweight championship. If he wants to fight Conor McGregor because he wants to make a hell of a payday, um, there's not a bigger fight I think Conor McGregor can make right now than fighting Jorge Masvidal. Uh, and, and, and <laughs> you know, he was even thrown out yesterday fighting Canelo Dam Alvarez on the same night. And we'll get into the weirdness that was that night. But it's his world right now. It's Jorge Masvidal's world. He earned it. He is, I think it was properly uh, announced yesterday by Dana White, the fighter of the year. And he deserves everything that is open to him after last night's performance. And maybe that does entail a Nate Diaz rematch, either in, you know, the summer of 2020 or late 2020 or wherever. You know, maybe Nate D- maybe Jorge Masvidal goes, wins the title, and then they could fight for an actual title and not a bad mother bleeper title, whatever. You know, they could restore some prestige to the championship that they so feel is besmirched by Usman and Covington, whoever the hell has the belt. But he was awesome yesterday, man. That's that. That is the most unfortunate thing with that doctor stoppage. It is not that Nate Diaz was cheated out of a out of a, a slim chance to win a couple of rounds and maybe stop Jorge Masvidal, who's never been stopped in his UFC career. The real crime in that stoppage is you take away what was done the three previous rounds, was, which was a shutout plus a 10-8 round on two judges' scorecards. That is the crime with that doctor stoppage. We'll be back with more on Fighters Fury after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Obviously, a lot of reaction coming in on Jorge Masvidal's TKO win over Nate Diaz. You know, those of us not in this county or in the Tri-County area, uh, upset. All those bastard New Yorkers booing. Can I get yesterday, uh, Jennifer, can I get Jorge Masvidal's interview with Joe Rogan afterwards? This is his post-fight interview where uh, he is uh, getting booed by all these bastard New Yorkers who are Jets fans, Knicks fans. What do you expect from them? You know, they've never seen a good sporting result if it it slapped them right in the face. Here's, uh, Here's the reaction. Uh, Nate, uh, Jorge Masvidal with Joe Rogan. I'm here with the winner, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge, it was an amazing fight for as long as it lasted. You had some pretty spectacular moments. Are, are you disappointed with the way they stopped it? For a fact, um, I told Nate right now, I swear on it, we're running it back, man. You gave me the love, I'm going to give it right back. UFC lets it happen, just run it back. I, I don't like to leave the ring like this with my opponent conscious. There's only one way to do it, and that's to, to baptize him. I didn't get to baptize Nate, you know, so we're going to run it back. We're going to run it back, New York. We gave you three good rounds. Don't be booing me. Don't be booing me. I'll hand out these three pieces in the store to you too, man. And what a great honor to be joined by Roberto Duran here. Now, we're going to run it back, so don't worry about it. It's going to happen again. You had some spectacular moments in the fight. What was the strategy coming in here, and what, if anything, was unusual to you? The only strategy was to take him out, Nate dog i wanted as i was sitting in that chair going into the fourth and fifth round i was hyped i was ready to go i seen it in his eyes he was ready to go those are the championship rounds i'm not the doctor here so don't be booing me man because you won't boo me to my face man you know i come in here to fight and it's not my fault the doctor stopped it all i can do is we'll run it back though it's unfortunate that he has that moment where all these dumb new yorkers are 
Oh, you shooting a boot? What are we doing here? Hey, doctor, who cares if his eyes falling off? So I came in to see the bad mother bleep a belt. I'll hang up and listen. Christ, what a cesspool. Madison Square Garden. Can I get an American Airlines Arena Jorge Masvidal fight now, please? What, what more does the guy got to do? Honestly, everybody, everybody gets to fight in their backyard. Darren Till gets to fight in his backyard. Uh, Conor McGregor gets to fight in his backyard. I mean, if you're born in any corner of the country, they're just like, oh, where's this guy from? He's from uh, Kansas? Kansas card. Let's do it, baby. For for the love of God, our our, our penance is paid. South Florida's penance is paid as a mixed martial arts fan base. Can we get a Jorge Masvidal at the American Airlines Arena, please? Like, for his return fight? Please. Like, let's, let's get this going already. It's enough already. That every single fighter with any type of buzz, this 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 drives me. This drives me absolutely bananas. Any fighter with any type of buzz, anyone that has an inkling that this is going to be a superstar, they have gotten to fight in their hometown. Please, pretty please, I beg you, UFC, do the right thing and put Jorge Masvidal's. Next fight, either at the American Airlines Arena or Hard Rock Stadium. Do yourself a favor. You'll make it seem like he's the biggest star on the planet. I don't care if it's against Conor McGregor. I don't care if it's against Kamaru Usman. I don't care if it's against Colby Covington. I don't care if it's it's against Canelo Alvarez. Whatever. Whoever it ends up being, please, have it down here. Makes all the sense in the world. It would be an absolute monster show. The guy clearly had a huge connection to this market, to this region. You had the damn rock wrap the belt around his waist. He's thrown up the U afterwards. It's it is it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I just I don't understand what the hell is going on. So we're gonna be in this situation where you you go to anywhere. Uh, I mean, if a dude is from you've done Gustafsson fights in Sweden. You you do you do uh who whoever Russia, you got Zabit next week, getting a fight in Moscow. Anybody, anybody worth a damn gets a hometown fight. It's ridiculous. And yet, if you even suggest, have the smallest suggestion, that Jorge Masvidal should have a fight down here in Miami. Oh, well. Mm, I don't know. Arena, find a location. Find a location. Make it happen. Make it happen. American Airlines Arena, whatever the hell you're going to be called by then. April, May, June, July, let's go. Jorge Masvidal fighting for the title, fighting Conor McGregor, fighting Canelo Alvarez, Nate Diaz rematch, whatever you want to do, line it on up, have it down here. Let's go. It's been enough already. It's been enough of a wait. We need a hometown fighter fighting in his hometown. He deserves it. The city deserves it. It's going to blow the roof off the place. Wherever it is, if it's at Hard Rock Stadium, it'll blow that stupid panel off. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, just make Jorge Masvidal's next fight be in the 305. That's the way it's got to go. That's the way it's got to go. Crazy. Texter's writing in. To be honest, Jorge Masvidal was out athleting Nate too. Seemed like his combos were a lot faster than Nate. Never really got him to the ground like he wanted. He's 100% faster, 100% faster, inflicting a ton of damage. He was the better athlete. Um, you know, Nate Diaz is saying, 
You know, it wasn't in the shape that he wanted to, that he had too quick a turnaround. Look, I, you know, I'm sorry. That that that, stink, that stinks. Jorge Masvidal also said that he had two gnarled up hands going into that fight. Neither one of them probably at their peak. It's the bad mother bleeper belt, right? If it's the bad mother bleeper belt, you want to be the baddest mother bleeper on the planet? Now, I don't want to hear about, you know, you couldn't get your Lance Armstrong on between, between fights. It sucks. He still went out there and was an absolute monster and a zombie and took all the punishment. But come on, man. What are we talking about here? Text writes in, I think Masvidal will fight any of them, but he really wants uh, he wants to hit Colby's fat head. Um, I think that one has the most I think that one has the most drama, real drama that's going on between the two of them. Uh, so that'd obviously be cool. You have the American top team tie-in down here. But um, this was him yesterday. I mean, tell me after this if you tell me this wasn't a guy lobbying to get a Conor McGregor fight because Jorge Masvidal was asked about the idea of fighting Conor McGregor and this is what he had to say and I know you said that you uh you want to take some time off heel and such but you also said that you want the big money fights and such Conor McGregor said that he is going to come back January 18th and Dana White said come back to what to MMA to the UFC what do you mean like fighting in the cage yeah I don't know man that dude's been talking wild for a second if he fights and gets a victory, and he wants this, and some of you mother- are mean, man, because you know what the f- I'll do to that little dude, bro. I'll f- that little guy up, man. He's a f- midget. Dana White, president of this mother- company, said I'm too much man for him. I get it why people want to see him hurt for the stunts he's been pulling, but he don't want this. He's just talking so he can get his name out there. He was he was cheering for Nate. He wanted to run it back with Nate. You think he's at home seeing that fight saying, I want to fight that dude? That dude ain't retarded. You see, he punches old people in the face because those are fights that he could win. He don't want this. Just lastly for me, Dana no, did no, no, kind you, of change. You know he doesn't want this. Dana and them might try to promote it. I don't even think Dana's gonna promote that fight because that dude, you can't get that guy to sign the paper. Yeah, tell me that guy isn't gonna try and get himself in line to fight Conor McGregor. <clears throat> out of everything yesterday, the whole throwing out the Canelo thing, the rematch with Nate Diaz, uh, the title fight. That seemed like the one that that got the juices flowing the most. Like that is the one where you just saw the most passion come out of George, the most passion come out of Masvidal, where he's saying, you know, he had the most. If if they threw out a lot, there was a lot of stuff, even stuff that he threw out, the Canelo stuff that he threw out, the Nate Diaz rematch, the uh, the the title fight between Usman and Colby Covington, all that stuff's great. But the but the Connor stuff, circling the waters, he even won that Connor fight. Even before the Nate call, you remember he went on Dan's show and mentioned the Connor thing. And that was the fight that he wanted to do. And that's where he said Dana White came out and said, George's too big for him. And and Connor got all pissed. I think that is I think that's the the absolute monster. Now Connor is gonna come back and he's gonna fight Donald Cerrone, supposedly, in January. Um I don't think, based on what Masvidal said yesterday, he said his hands are all messed up, wants some time off. He's had a three-fight year. Um, I would say it's probably most likely you'll see him in the summer. If I had to guess, just kind of reading the tea leaves, unless like some you know, monster opportunity presents itself early on. I don't know if he's getting surgery or if he's just resting up his hands. But it seems like he's going to want a little bit of time off if – Connor fights in January. 
he think he said he wants to fight at least three times this upcoming year. Um, you know, it would line up for a springtime date. Now, the problem is, here's the problem with the American Airlines Arena. Um, they got to do it in April because you don't know quite what the playoff schedule is and the Heat are going to go to the finals. So you got kind of like May and June blocked off. You don't really know. So you could just put it off till July, although July's pay-per-view is always in Las Vegas. I'm just saying, these are the uh, these are the things you just got to consider. So just throwing it all out there. But I think, based off all the things that were thrown out to, to Masvidal yesterday, yeah, he'll obviously give Nate the rematch. I think Nate is right. You know, Nate said, I could already see the effery, that's the best way I can put it, that it's not going to be me next. But he also said that he wants some time off. You know, he says that he's got to rest up his knees and he's going to be out a little bit. So, you know, is is that a case where they both wait until summer and they're going to do the rematch? This is the one thing I'll say about the Nate Diaz rematch. Um, the controversy is the only thing that really leads to the rematch because how that fight was going, it didn't really warrant a rematch. It really didn't. This was not Conor versus Nate 2 rubber match. Um, that it would lead to a rematch. George was piecing him up. He was really piecing him up. It's the it's it's the doctor stoppage that has like that unfinished ending that you'd be like, all right, I'll do a rematch. But I don't I don't know if those guys fighting again is gonna have the perfect concoction of one. This was kind of like the anti championships championship, right? This was the bad mother bleeper belt. The two guys that are gonna throw down. And there was an element to it. You didn't know quite what you were going to get and who's really the baddest dude on the planet. With these guys fighting again, I would I would think they're going to need a much better fight lead-up of animosity. And what I mean by that is you need Nate to sell that George is getting tired. You need George to sell Jordan in my class. There needs to be more animosity between the guys, I feel, for the rematch to be as big as what this was last night. You know, The Rock being there, Donald Trump being there, Madison Square Garden, outshining a Canelo Alvarez fight. We got to get to that. That was bananas last night. And we haven't even really touched on the rest of the card either, but is what it is. Um, I do think that they, they need some type of conflict between each other to match what that was. I do think that George being the star that he is, him fighting for the actual championship, whether he wants to call it the Sissy Championship or the Crotch Sniffer Championship, whatever. Jorge Masvidal being the welterweight champion of the world is a big deal. It's a big deal for a guy who's been in the sport that long. And if he gets that opportunity, that's obviously big. But out of all the things that were thrown out yesterday, nothing got him as fired up as the name Conor McGregor. You can tell it's a fight he wants. He knows it's a monster money fight. And you know it would sell a gazillion pay-per-views, no matter how many paywalls you got to go through on ESPN+. And so, getting the feel of the media yesterday, that is the one I think that he really gets the juice. The, the juices really get flowing for next. Not Nate next, not the title. It's, it's the Conor McGregor fight. We'll be back with more after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Shout out again to Jorge Masvidal getting himself the Bad Mother Bleeper belt. Texturettes in two down. One more to go for Robbie's 305 Sands Pants Parlay. Let's go Dolphins. It's actually two more. I believe that the, the Heat playing tonight against the Rockets is also in the Sands Pants Parlay. But we also didn't even include the Panthers, I believe, in that Sands Pants Parlay. So, yeah, we got yesterday Canes kicking the crap out of FSU. Sergey Bobrovsky, Jonathan Huberdeau, Panthers being the Red Wings, shut out. Jorge Masvidal, TKO victory over Nate Diaz. So three legs of the Sands Pants Parlay are over. All you need is a Dolphins win over that bum Adam Gase and the Heat to beat the Rockets. Although I don't know if Jimmy Butler's playing tonight. I think it's uh, questionable. I think I saw yesterday. I was very caught up in the fighting yesterday. Um, obviously, we spent a lot of time on the Masvidal stuff. I promise I'll get to a lot of it tomorrow as well. If you feel like it didn't uh, sufficiently hit every angle here. Um, and I really wish I could give more time to that card, but I got to talk about what happened with Canelo yesterday. So this was bananas. The zone. They uh, they are Canelo's streaming platform. For those who don't know, I've been very critical of the zone. Uh, one. I don't get the zone. I, I I don't understand their whole philosophy. It weirds me out. But also, the streaming quality that they put forth sucks. It just sucks. It's a bad platform. Uh, the the stupid stream will jump all over the place. It's just it's just not great. It's not fantastic. So. They decided that they Canelo Alvarez fight. Remember, Canelo typically fights on two weekends. He fights on Cinco de Mayo weekend or Mexican Independence weekend. Those have been his dates for a long, long time. This past uh, this past one was messed up. It was a bad negotiation with Oscar De La Hoya. They couldn't nail down an opponent, and it actually started for a big downfall between him uh, between Canelo Alvarez and Oscar De La Hoya. I don't really know what that means because Canelo has the the biggest sporting contract out there right now I think 365 million dollars with DAZN so I don't know really much how much of a rift he wants to have with uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya I think he just wants Oscar De La Hoya to leave him the hell alone and he'll fight who he wants to fight but he ends up fighting on the same date of Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz and look I'll be flat out with you guys you guys know, I watch everything. I'll talk boxing on the show. I'll talk mixed martial arts. It doesn't matter. I love it. I love it all. I don't think we mentioned the, the, the Canelo-Sergey Kovalev fight last week. In fact, I know we didn't. I know we didn't because I remember thinking to myself, getting into my car, holy crap, I didn't even mention Sergey Kovalev versus Canelo Alvarez. But, look, from a local tie, obviously, Jorge Masvidal is the bigger story. I'm going to talk about the week leading up to that fight. I'm going to talk about, you know, Hori Masvidal fighting more so than Canelo fighting Sergey Kovalev, which is, it's a cool fight, but it's not really like, you know, it's not the trilogy versus Triple G. It's not, you know, Canelo really being in a sweet spot. It's, it's kind of just showing that Canelo's got some some big old big old grapefruits and he's going up to weight classes and that's kind of the story of it. But it, you know, in a way slipped my mind. And then as the week was going on, I tell you guys, like, this showed you what the power of having ESPN will do to a fight if two fights are equal. Like, look, if it was Covington versus Usman this week, 
Canelo's still going to get the bigger rub. But for whatever reason, you know, Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, boom, that clicked. The Rock being there, Bad Mother Bleeper, the fans just loving it. It was a fan. It was a fight created by the fans. You know, that, that fan demand is what made this all happen. So it's not only that, but you got the great story. You got Nate Diaz interviews, great stories from Brett Okamoto, and ESPN features on Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal makes for great TV. And I saw all week, nonstop on ESPN, Masvidal Diaz material. I didn't see a peep of Canelo Alvarez. Not a peep. And the only place you were going to see it is on social media. Because what you, you think ESPN is going to, you know, talk up this big Canelo Alvarez going up to light heavyweight? You think that's going to get talked up? No way, man. No way. They're going to snuff it out. Snuff it out. And so we get to fight night. And we get to the night before the fight night on Friday. And... Chris Mannix, who works for DAZN, announces DAZN is not going to make people choose. Canelo Alvarez will not fight until the conclusion of UFC 244. And my immediate reaction was, whoa. What, that Put that in perspective for people. Canelo Alvarez is probably the last bona fide pay-per-view star there is. Meaning... You put him on a pay-per-view, I would say you're guaranteed an old-school pay-per-view, probably were guaranteeing yourself at least 500000 You get the right opponent, going to be a million. Um, and I'm not even saying you need, like, Floyd. I'm saying you get the right kind of matchup, you get a million for Canelo Alvarez. He's the last He's the last bona fide pay-per-view star. Went to zone, changed the game, you're playing for streaming and all that kind of stuff. I forked over, you know, I, I had ended my DAZN membership because I just, I was so frustrated, but I even forked over the 20 bucks for it yesterday, so I had myself a cool uh, $90 fight night, <laughs> I my wife, uh, a $90 fight night between the UFC pay-per-view and, and resubscribing to DAZN, but um, it's pretty bananas that we're sitting here and Canelo Alvarez is taking a backseat to anybody. And I'm not saying they were wrong in that they knew they didn't have the bigger fight. They didn't. ESPN and the UFC had the bigger fight. But this is what got crazy. So they had Ryan Garcia, uh, one of Golden Boy's top prospects. He's like, they think the next coming of Canelo. He goes out there and he wins his fight in a round. Like flatlines the dude, gets it out of there, done. So we're sitting here, if you're if you're Golden Boy, you're sitting there, you got no entertainment. No entertainment for this Canelo fight, which you said you're not going to start till UFC 244. The problem was, in the same time that Ryan Garcia was not going to do that, we were just starting Darren Till versus Kelvin Gastelum, which was the co-main event. And by the way, that was unfortunately the worst fight of the night. Um, well, yeah, worst fight of the night. Um, so... They say, well, we're not going to start the, the the Canelo fight. So Canelo, this was crazy because I have both. T- I have two TVs up. I have Canelo and Kovalev on one TV, and I have UFC on the other. Canelo has his gloves on, like laced up. No, no, uh, you know, not taped up, not uh, not in the position where we're waiting for, 
him to do a little loosen up. No, he's laced up. He looks like he is ready to go. He's basically a step away from going into the ring. And you have told everybody, no, we're not entering the ring until we're not entering the ring until UFC is over. So we have at this point, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, all right, so let me get this straight. You have 10 more minutes at least of Kelvin Gaslam versus uh versus Darren Till. You got ring walks, you got intros, you got package, and let's say it goes 25 minutes for uh for Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. You're looking at at least an hour. And it's midnight at this point. It's crazy. Canelo Alvarez, the biggest star in combat sports, and I'm not counting Floyd Mayweather because he's retired, and I'm not counting Conor McGregor right now because he's retired. But Canelo, I mean, honestly, Canelo's a bigger, he's a bigger star than Conor McGregor. Um, He's just sitting there waiting. Sergey Kovalev, they go to his locker room. He's taking a nap. He's on the couch, laced up, ready to go. He's napping. Then Canelo, who's just sitting there. He's got hands on hips, watching this go down. He ends up taking a he, he, he ends up hitting the couch. I couldn't believe it. I, I was more fascinated watching poor Canelo wait than I was watching Kelvin Gastelum versus Darren Till. Now, once uh once, once Jorge Masvidal and AD, I turned off the other TV. Focus on this fight. That's it. I'm not going to be distracted by Canelo and all that. But it's crazy that Canelo Alvarez was just sitting there waiting. Now, it got so bad, so bad in the arena. This is, this is crazy. In the arena, they asked Dana White. The MGM calls up Dana White and says, Dana, can we show the fight in the arena? The UFC. So you have all these people sitting there waiting for Canelo Alvarez to fight. No one's fought now for a good two hours. Not just Canelo waiting, but Ryan Garcia ending his fight. There's just nothing happening. And they decide, eh, we'll throw up the UFC. Now, mind you, mind you, there's plenty of people there who, these are the people who bought tickets to see Canelo Alvarez. Not the TV viewer. They bought tickets to see Canelo Alvarez. And they're being shown a fight which they may not give a rat's ass about. It was lunacy. So, finally, Masvidal and Diaz ends. They end up ring walking, I think, 110 a.m. Eastern time. Crazy. Crazy. Because remember, boxing, they do anthems for everybody. So you had U.S. Anthem. Russian anthem for Kovalev, Mexican anthem for Canelo Alvarez. Those anthems take a while. Then you got the Canelo Alvarez entrance. That's that's pomp and circumstance. That takes forever. Then you got uh, you know Michael Buffer doing his thing. It's crazy that he got snuffed out like that. That is, it, it was, it blew my mind. And the unfortunate thing for him, so this fight goes on, and it, I got to tell you, it was not an entertaining fight. It was not. It was a close fight. On scorecards, some controversies. Some people had Kovalev up by a round. Some had Canelo up by a bunch of rounds. Judges had it up for Canelo. 
Scorecards looked a little bit uh, like Canelo had no shot of losing it by the judges. But even Buddy McGirt said that on the broadcast. He goes, look, I don't know what the scorecards are, but we got to finish him because I know it's Vegas and Canelo. We got to beat him. But whatever it was, it was close. It was close in most people's eyes. And Canelo Alvarez in this 11th round, he destroys Sergey Kovalev. Destroys him, knocks him out, becomes light heavyweight champion of the world, his fourth division championship. A breathtaking performance that nobody saw because it was 1.10 in the morning. 1.10 in the morning here on the East Coast. I can't imagine. If you are a combat sp- uh, a, a fan of both, I can't imagine you were staying up for both of those or feeling the same type of intensity, especially if you were watching both of those and, like, you were slipping on the- Maybe if you're, like, hopped up on cocaine, you watch both. But to, to, to watch both of those with the same amount of energy, especially with how boring most of the Canelo-Kovalev fight was until the ending, you have to be dedicated, super dedicated. And that's crazy. And this is the se- – by the way, I remember this because Leroy Horde and I were in Vegas for – Canelo Triple G2. This is the second screw-up they've done this with Canelo with his uh, with his timing. They did it actually in the opposite fashion. They promised that Canelo was going to fight at 11 p.m. He, he was going to fight before midnight. That was the big promise of this card. So no matter what, East Coasters, you were going to get this fight before midnight. Cool. And they had four undercards. And Leroy will tell you, we were sitting there in the David Copperfield Theater. Each fight ended in a round. And they had no programming. Nothing. Nothing. They had nothing to go to. Not a swing match. No idea what to do. So this is the second time now. I guess that would be in three three Canelo fights where Golden Boy has set him up with a card with no backup programming. I don't know why they did it. I really don't. I don't know why. Like, how many people, in all honesty, if you're not a... does, I get it more so if you're a pay, if it was old school pay per view, but how many people are honestly buying a DAZN subscription right after the Masvidal fight? Be like, I gotta watch it. I gotta, I gotta get it. I'm throwing my twenty dollars now. It's like I kind of feel like at that point you're either a DAZN subscriber or you're not. So why not just put the fight on? It was because by the way, the next day on ESPN they ain't showing your highlights. They're showing Masvidal Diaz. That's their that's their baby. That's their programming. So it was weird, man. Um, I wish we could have gotten more into UFC 244. It was a really awesome card. Maybe we'll add a little podcast version on afterwards so you guys uh, will give you a recap of that. But that was bananas yesterday, man. Really, really fun card. Congratulations again to Jorge Masvidal on the win. And uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. You missed any of the show. Download the podcast. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow, 6 to 10 a.m. as we do each and every day during the week. And we'll talk to you then. Love you. Welcome back, guys. This is a little podcast version. Um... I, I didn't get to any of UFC 244 like the rest of the card. I wanted to spend some time on it because I thought it was a fun night. Really awesome card. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, we spent most of the radio show today <clears throat> excuse me, talking about, obviously, Jorge Masvidal getting the win over Nate Diaz, the controversy at all, what next for Masvidal, and then, of course, all the stuff with Canelo. That stuff blew my mind. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, so UFC 244, here's what we had. We had uh, Jarhizo Rosenstruck. He gets a win over Andre Arlovsky. Huge knockout, 29 seconds. This one stands out to me particularly because Rosenstruck is boys with uh, our guy Tyrone Spong. The boys from Surdenon, man, they can crack. They can crack. This dude looks like a legit, legit threat. So he got himself a, a nice little victory. Uh, Edmund Shabazan, he got himself a win over Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares. He won via head kick KO in the first round. Um, he looks like an absolute. He he looks like the real deal. Twenty one years old, looks like an absolute monster. Um, his trainer is Edmund Tarvanian, who is Ronda Rousey's former trainer. That dude is openly mocked for his uh, poor striking training of Ronda, and basically just giving Ronda false sense of confidence. So he's basically on redemption tour with him. That's uh, that's the thing. That's the deal with that. Shane Burgos got a win over uh, Armakani, third round, late stoppage, big for him in New York, uh, so he looked great. Uh, Corey Anderson, this was a big one, so he stopped Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker hype train definitely takes a stop uh, as he got he got absolutely destroyed by Corey Anderson, who's not known as a guy who goes and obliterates fools on the feet, and that's what he did, and super angry afterwards. Afterwards, he was uh, he was looking to get some respect, or he had a lot of stuff bottled up. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if either he or uh, Dominic Reyes gets John Jones next. Who is next in line? I would say Reyes's knockout of Weidman is probably more notable. Although Corey Anderson is going to be on a bigger Corey Anderson's win is going to be on a bigger platform because this is such a big card. So I would say more people probably saw Corey Anderson's knockout of Johnny Walker. Um, and I would say, if you're really talking about it, more people probably had the belief that Johnny Walker was a threat to the title, that even Chris Weidman, who's a former champion. So that'll be an interesting debate. I don't really know what John Jones is going to choose to do. You know, he's talked about wanting super fights. I don't really think with Johnny Walker now losing and probably needing a big rehab after all this, um, I don't know what's out there for him at 205 that gets his juices flowing and I do mean that without a pun so that's gonna be an interesting one to watch but Corey Anderson I mean as much as anybody could put themselves in position to say they deserve a title shot he certainly did that uh main card Kevin Lee I thought Kevin Lee I mean this knockout was absolutely sensational I I whiffed on this I thought that uh Gregor Gillespie um he was going to get the best of Kevin Lee, and I was wrong. Kevin Lee looked absolutely fantastic. Wins via vicious head kick KO, which was uh, set up by a big right hand. He put him up against the cage. He was out cold, cold. That was that was a scary knockout for Gregor Gillespie, who was a – I would say Gregor Gillespie is a bit of a boogeyman. Like, nobody really wanted to fight him. So, Kevin Lee getting a win like this against a guy like this, I think, is big for him. Uh, he made note of his, uh, his, his switch to Faraz Zahabi. Uh, that training camp in uh, in Montreal. So we'll see uh, what ends up happening with him. He he uh, looks to look. He's 27 years old. He's got a lot of talent. He uh, he's super marketable, and he's got uh, everything you would want in a star. It's just a case of he needs to go rack up the wins. And so this is a good star for him. You had Blagoy Ivanov versus Derek Lewis. Um, I this this was an okay fight I would say as as matchups are concerned um, vicious between the two of them it definitely wasn't the prettiest fight in the world because you had you know Derek Lewis that gas tank he's kind of a burst fighter um, so he's always going to have those lulls in the midst of it Blugoy got the best of it when he got Derek to the feet 
Um, but I, I agree with the decision. Derek, I had Derek winning 29-28, and I think the judges had a 30-27, 29-28, and then 28-29. One we had it for Blagoy. But I, I, I thought that – I thought 29-28 was about the right score. I thought Derek pretty much clearly took the first two, and then Blagoy was very arguable for the third round. Um, Derek Lewis is making it weird afterwards where he's saying that he wanted to hit Blagoy in that booty hole in his chest. Super weird. He I also didn't really get what his Donald Trump uh, shout-out was. I didn't understand. He was saying shout-out to Donald Trump uh, – he goes, I know things haven't been great in the White House. Let's get it turned around. So I don't know if he's a Trump guy, which is totally cool. I mean, you know, vote for who you want to vote for or if he was critical of him and just being as polite as possible to tell him to do better. Uh, that was a little bit weird. Not not Der- Derek Lewis, who's known sneakily as one of the best interviews in the sport, especially on uh, post-fight interviews. Uh, not his best work. Not his best work. He also said he wanted to do he wanted to do a sexual act to Blagoy or said that Blagoy likes a sexual act. It got a little graphic. Even like Joe Rogan, who's as raw as Joe Rogan, who was begging to say motherfucker on the broadcast. And I can say that because it's podcast version now. He was looking to say motherfucker on the broadcast so badly while John Anik and Dominic Cruz were so scared to. Even he was like, whoa, take it easy, man. Take it easy, Derek. Um, next fight, Vicente Luque versus Steven Thompson. This was fight of the night. This was absolutely, absolutely fun. Uh, Steven Thompson looked the best he's looked in a long, long time. Probably the best he's looked since beating Jorge, to be honest with you. And he he really pieced up Vicente Luque. Damn fun round in the first round. Wonder Boy got stunned a couple times, but he really was getting most of the shots in. He was in and out. Um, but Vicente was just coming through, man. That was the thing about it. He just was not going to be denied. He was really, really, really trying to press the action, and that's what makes for a fun Wonder Boy fight. Wonder Boy needs a dance partner. You know, he needs somebody to engage. Otherwise, he is one of those guys where it's so scary fighting him. It could be a bit of a bit of a bore fest. But Vicente was there to play ball, man. Luque definitely was willing to engage and that that's what made for a fun fight. He knocked him down with a side side kick to the face in the second round. Uh Luque was hitting back with some nice counter shots, but Wonder Boy was winning the rounds. And then um and then he really closed out with his most dominant round. He, he knocked him down three times. Luque showed a bunch of heart, but it was really, as the fight was going on, Wonderboy was very clearly pulling away, but never never seeming like he was out of it from a standpoint of he never stopped throwing back. So that's what made it as far as uh, fight of the night. The next fight was not fight of the night, and that was Darren Till versus Kelvin Gastelum. Um, you know, Darren Till said that he had a... he. He said afterwards he was like, uh, I was considering faking an injury because he didn't want to walk out. So that was strange to hear. Um, this was uh, this was a tough fight in, co- in competition for him because he's going up and he's fighting the number four guy at, at middleweight. Everybody's talking about this uh, jump up in division. The one thing I'll say about all these guys jumping up in division, you know, Chris Weidman and uh, – <laughs> And Darren Till and all, all, just everybody who makes the jump, maybe not like not make the jump and also go into top five. You know, why not try on 185 for size, take on somebody who's, uh, you know, a little bit less, build up the story and then get to a contender. But they, man, they've been doing this thing where they, yeah, he's jumping up and he's going to fight the, the cream of the crop. It's like, man, really? That's what we're going to do? So I didn't feel like he looked uh, fantastic. I definitely thought that he won. Um, so yeah, the scorecards were all over the place on this one. They had 30, 27 for Kelvin, 30, 27 for till 29, 28 for till 
I had a 29-28 for Till. Um, but it was uh, it it really was uh, a lackluster fight. As far as the fights were concerned, I would say least entertaining one of the night. I didn't watch the super prelim, the uh, the the pre prelims, but from the time ESPN two hit to now, uh, I thought it was uh, the least interesting fight of the night. Um, the Rock's music hit. He walked out with the bad mother bleeper belt. He got a huge pop. Uh, George walked out. He had Roberto Duran. There was no Stugatz. Stugatz was at the weigh-ins. That was awesome to see. Um, I wasn't surprised, by the way, that Stugatz wasn't. I don't know if it was by Stugatz's choice or what. I'm sure you'll find on the Levitard show this week. But it was awesome seeing him at the weigh-ins and doing the selfie. Got a selfie with The Rock. It was uh, it was really great. And you know that was uh, that was the thing. Fight bonuses. You had Kevin Lee, Corey Anderson. They got performance of the night. And you had Stephen Thompson, Vicente Luque. That was fight of the night via UFC. Um, I watched Dana White's press conference. Dana White's press conference lasted forever. I watched all the post-fight press conferences yesterday because I wanted to see George. Um, went till probably 2.30 in the morning. And, you know, I would say most notable thing, Dana was very, very proud about Trump being there. Um, I would say the interesting thing about the Trump thing uh, from Dana's standpoint that he revealed was how reluctant Trump was to go to some of these events because he didn't want to ruin it for Dana White. Uh, he actually told a funny story about the Republican National Convention, about uh, Donald Trump being uh, understanding if Dana didn't want to talk to him, didn't want to talk at the event. Uh, so I think Dana put in some interesting perspective of how self-aware uh, Trump is of how disliked he is. But according to reports, like I know some people were like, "Oh, he got booed." Um, it, he definitely didn't get from the videos I saw. He definitely it wasn't like World Series booed. Um, and I think I saw Era Hawani say that there was actually probably more cheers than there were boos for Donald Trump. So the fans treated him with respect, and that was uh, and that was also considering the fact that he was sitting in the second row. He wasn't sitting in a luxury box like he was in the World Series. Um, you know, but look. I think with this, like Dana White has a friendship with the guy. And, you know, Donald Trump had belief in what Dana White was doing from a business perspective. So that's his friend, man. That's his friend. So uh, I'll never get on you know, Dana White or Robert Kraft. Like, this guy was their friend. He was their friend. You know, you can't, you can't just, uh, I, I'm of the mindset, you don't forget who your friends are just because of what their jobs are in in, uh, in some regards. So, you know, it was uh, they they were very proud though to have him there, and they really should like. I will say this: um, the UFC should be proud of what last night was because you had a card headlined by two guys who have been in the fight game forever, and they were headlining the mecca of combat sports. You know, Madison Square Garden, the mecca, bro. But it is, it is like I, as much as I make fun of the Knicks fans in New York, like I understand what it means to fight in that building. And on top of that, you had the president in the building. On top of that, you had the biggest movie star in on the planet presenting the champion or the bad mother bleeper his belt. And on top of that, you also stalled the most famous boxer on the planet's fight. That's a that's a I mean, that's a put your onions on the table night if you're the if you're the UFC. Like if I'm Dana White, I'm walking around sans pants. 
walking around sans pants like much of us are here in Miami. So uh, congratulations again to Jorge Masvidal on the win. Miami's proud of you, man. And hopefully nothing but big things continue. Continue for old game bread, and he gets to continue his rise. So.